We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dan Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And whoo, that was that was awful. The Timberwolves just gave up 135 points to the Charlotte Hornets in a 33-point loss. The Charlotte Hornets, who were playing their sixth game of a six-game road trip, they flew from Charlotte to Utah last Sunday, played a game against the Jazz. Flew to Phoenix the next day, beat the Suns on Wednesday, flew to San Francisco, lost to the Warriors on Friday, went to Sacramento, beat the Kings on Sunday, then on a back-to-back, flew from Sacramento to Portland on Monday, and then flew from Portland to Minnesota and wrecked the Timberwolves by 33 tonight. A Timberwolves team that had been at home since Sunday and had just had two days off. I mean, if there was a team that had an excuse to kind of crumble their way into the break, it was the Hornets. And if there was a team that had, you know, an incentive to take advantage of this opportunity, I mean, just to get this awful taste out of their mouth, it was it was the Wolves. You know, losing this game by 33 just really is the perfect encapsulation of what just what a disaster this first half of the Wolves season has been. I mean, Right, like the expectation for the Wolves this season was to was to hang around, you know, to linger, you know, not to make the playoffs, but to linger, just kind of within spitting distance of the ten seed that the play in the ten seed. And at the halfway point of the season, now officially thirty six games into the season, seven and twenty nine, the Wolves are eleven and a half games out of the ten seed. The ten seed. That means. That means if that was the expectation, right? The expectation was to be worse than 75% of the league. And somehow they are nowhere near that low, low expectation. What? Why, why was this the expectation, right? This, that's the question. 
And honestly, it was a bar that was set by the front office. And that was because when you when you trade your first round pick, the the expectation is to try, you know, to to compete, compete enough so that you distance yourself enough so the lottery conversation becomes secondary. You know, like the expectation was to be right, maybe like the twenty third best team in the league. Then you're you're in it. You're you're around. You're lingering around the ten seed conversation, and then that's that's great. That's okay. If you're the twenty third best team in the league. You still have a twenty three point four percent chance of landing a top three pick in the lottery. A twenty three percent chance of keeping your pick. A twenty three percent chance that still gives you a non zero chance at getting lucky on lottery night. This that was the expectation because just being awful doesn't do much more than that. I mean, I remember looking at the lottery odds before the season. And I was like, no way they try and tank to get a forty one a 40.1% chance of keeping their pick. There's no way. I thought because there's just not that big of a difference between 40.1 and 23.4%. It was the expectation because your odds just don't even double in that situation for being awful. And obviously there's luck involved in this, but even with the worst of luck with injuries, 7 and 29 is still just a mile away from meeting those expectations. I mean, going 7-29 and through the first half of the season, it just doesn't work because, I mean, we're feeling it, right? It brings everything into question. The coach, the surrounding pieces on the roster, and even, you know, your top two players you're building around. I mean, even without Cat and D'Lo playing, I feel like people have grown increasingly out on that duo. I mean, you, you just can't bring that into question because that is what you're building around. Yes, everyone knows Cat and D'Lo have only played four games together. But, I mean, what if I would have told you before the season? I told you Cat and D'Lo would play zero games together. But they'll still play a smattering of games. But they'll play zero games together. Would the expectation still be more than seven wins in the first half of the season? I think it would. I mean, they're not even winning one in every five games. I think no games of Cat and D'Lo together would still lead you to believe they would win one in every five games. That would be a reasonable expectation. So, I don't know. Maybe this just wasn't their expectation. Maybe their expectation was to be bad. Fine. That's fine. Teams tank seasons. Go ahead and tank. That, that's a crappy rule in the NBA. But if you want to do that, I mean, there's a toll to pay. There's a toll to pay because the fan base knows analytics well enough to know that 40.1 isn't a number that is that much higher than 23.4. I mean, I think the majority of this fan base still think the front office is very smart. I know I think that. But there, there's going to be pushback for this happening the way it's happened because this is the entertainment business. There's going to be pushback when there is nowhere near anything entertaining. I, I, just think, I just think people need more clarity. You know, Clearly, there is this devout portion of this fan base. There are still thousands of people watching this team. This team. Every night, you know, people people who switch their cable packages to do so. There are thousands of people reading every article in the Pioneer Press, the Star Tribune, the Athletic, wherever. Thousands of people sleuthing Wolves Reddit and Wolves Twitter, going back and forth about Nas Reed and Jordan McLaughlin. There, there are thousands of people who desperately want to come to Target Center and pay 50 bucks to watch this team play in person. 
putting something out there that feels like you're prioritizing the 40.1%, even if you're not, but just feels that way, it is going to alienate those thousands of people. Not because of the losing. No, Timberwolves fans understand the losing. They don't think it's wrong to eventually tank. I think we all understand the value in that. What is wrong is that it feels like they're being sold a bill of goods that is not for sale. That's just because, given the situation, the process can't happen here. Not with these odds and not with this roster. And not with after decades of losing. I get it. I'm actually a pro Sixers process person. I get it. That work for the Sixers. I understand having the longest view in the room. We, we get that's how you eventually slingshot your way out of the basement. I get that. And when I talk about the process, I don't talk about it in a condemning way. Those of us who are paying attention, those of us who have been paying attention in the league, we get it. We see the Sixers right now are at the top of the Eastern Conference, going into the All-Star break, led by Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They are the number one seed because of the process. We get it. That worked. But the difference here is the Sixers had nothing before they got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Nothing. They literally had a team of Nas Reeds and Jordan McLaughlin's, Jeremy Grant and TJ McConnell. You know, this team is different because it has Cat and D'Lo. Cat and D'Lo sound like something to, to stand on, so that's a caveat. They are max players. The Sixers didn't have max players. We can't hear that those two are great and going to be great and also have the actions dictate that you're going for 40.1%. That just doesn't line up. I understand it would be great to add Kate Cunningham to the Cat, D'Lo, Ant, and Beasley core because, yeah, man, now you got assets. Now you're ready to cook, like... Time to get after it this offseason. That would be awesome. We get that. The problem is that you only have a 40.1% chance of keeping your pick, even if you have the worst record in the league. And even then, you only have a 14% chance of the number one. The lottery odds are different now. This hole is just too small to thread. It would be great to have Cade Cunningham, of course. But you traded the pick. And because you traded the pick... The expectations shifted. If we were managing an investment portfolio, does that 14% justify the upside and potential return? Sure, because that's an investment portfolio. It does. But again, this is the entertainment business. Part of the equation has to be keeping the fan base entertained. The first half of the season is played out, and the way it is played out, it just has to shift the plan. It sucks you got unlucky. Obviously, what happened to Cat is a nightmare. It's bad fortune. D'Lo got hurt. Malik getting suspended, suspended. Well, that isn't bad luck. You signed up for that. My point is not here that having a long view was a bad idea. My point is that this is what has played out. And because this is what has played out, it's just time to adjust accordingly. You can't have your best player sounding like this, your franchise player sounding like this as you go into the All-Star break. Carl, last season when it got particularly tough, um, you kind of said that your patience was running thin. Is that kind of another situation like this here now? I mean, how how patient can you be when the results keep coming like this? 
Uh, thank God for the break. It's really recharge battery. Again, I understand the idea of wanting to try and test the odds of landing another pick with this 40% and maybe trading it for a star to put alongside Cat. But we've got to ask ourselves how realistic, even outside of those unrealistic odds, does that proposition sound? Does this seem tenable? Does it seem reasonable to continue to stay in this state of limbo with Carl? And if the answer is no, if the answer is no, you can't stay in limbo, then you have two choices. Change the amount of patience you planned on so as to make things more tenable in the intermediate time by changing the roster with players who are ready to be competent. Or two, trade cat and go full long view. We can't be in limbo between those two ideas anymore. We're going to take a quick break, but after that, I want to get into last season's lottery, I guess, by looking at what both Anthony Edwards and the Mellow Ball have done thus far through the first half of the rookie seasons. What's up, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle is a brand new program here at Blue Wire where you can host your very own podcast. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discords, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your stuff all pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all those good places, the listening platforms all out there. And you can get all of this for $15 a month, the same rate any other hosting site will charge you um, just for initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com join. All right, let's talk a little Ant and the Mellow. Obviously, tonight was round two of those two rookies playing against each other. And tonight, Ant had 19 points, five boards, and three assists in the loss. Um, Ant shot eight of 23 from the field, going one of 10 from deep. LaMelo also had 19 points, but he had seven boards and five assists. He shot seven of 13 from the field, including four of five from deep. Both of these rookies, right, they moved into their respective starting lineups basically at the start of February. Ant started his first game of his career January 29th against the Sixers, and LaMelo started his first on February, his first game on February 1st. Since then, basically the same amount of time, the Wolves have played 19 games. Ant has started all 19 of those, and the Hornets have played 15 games. LaMelo has started all 15 of those. And I feel like drawing that line in the sand, right, we've got a pretty decent sample here. Um, I think that's kind of a, a good place to draw on what those two have been this season. Obviously, there's the chunk of the season before that um, where both of those guys were playing, but in many ways, similarly to how I think it felt with Ant, it was similar in Charlotte where that chunk of time kind of felt like a more, I don't know, a slightly more competitive preseason, just given the nature of this year. So, if we draw the line, 
the games they've started. Both players um, as starters are playing about the same amount of minutes per game. Ant, 33 per game. Lamelo 34. So these counting stats I'm going to read off are all basically balanced from that standpoint. Both Ant and Lamelo are averaging 16 shots per game since they became starters. And for both of them, seven of those 16 shots per game are threes. So seven threes, nine twos per game. Lamelo is turning those 16 shots into 21 points per game. Ant has turned his 16 shots into 17 points per game. Lamelo is averaging six boards. Ant is averaging five. Lamelo is averaging seven assists, while Ant is averaging three. From two point percent from two point range, Lamelo is shooting forty eight percent, while Ant is shooting forty four percent. And from three, Lamelo is shooting forty five percent, while Ant is making thirty percent of his shots from deep. Both players are shooting about eighty percent from the free throw line. Now, I don't want to do this whole revisionist comparison of Ant versus Lamelo in the draft because. We just can't prove prove whatever anything. We can we can take stock of where they're at, and what that is is just that right now Lamelo has definitely been more effective as a pro in his first half of his rookie season. But that doesn't subtract from the notion that Ant can't, in his own sort of vacuum, you know, it doesn't it doesn't take away that he's he's looked like there's a possibility that he's building himself into something. That could also be very impressive just down the line a little bit further. You know, I mean, Ant has been what we hoped he would be in the first half of the season. And that's a it's a dynamic prospect that has the outlines of a star if he's able to kind of take shape over time. I don't think there's anything to be disappointed in when we look at Ant. But his value as a player that impacts winning as of now, it's theoretical. Lamelo's isn't. He had, but then that's because he's exceeded those expectations. He is already a player who impacts winning. I mean, he's already one of the best players on a fringe playoff team, which I think actually brings up a different, relevant, and more interesting comparison than Ant. And that comparison for Lamelo, I think, is D'Angelo Russell. I mean, what Lamelo has done for the Hornets in the first half of this season is what D'Lo did for the Nets in his All Star season in Brooklyn. If you compare D'Lo's numbers that year to Lamelo's numbers in these 15 games that he started, D'Lo's numbers are a tick lower. D'Lo that season averaged 21 points per game on 19 shots, added four boards and seven assists. He shot 37% from three and 48% from two. And yeah, just across the, I mean, those are really good numbers, but across the board, those numbers are a nudge below what Lamelo has been these past 15. But if you isolate for D'Lo's best 15-game stretch over that year, his numbers are more in line with Lamelo's, which is you know, maybe a more fair way to look at it. There was a 15-game stretch for D'Lo in that year, his best 15-game stretch, where he actually averaged 26 points per game on 22 shots, 8 assists, and 4 boards, 39% from 3, and 48% from 2. This was mid-January to mid-February of 2019. In those 15 games, D'Lo produced at the same level as LaMelo, and he actually even outscored him. He scored, D'Lo scored 26 points per game over that run, while LaMelo has scored 21. Now, D'Lo's came on 26, or 22 shots per game, while LaMelo's came on 16, but still, it, D'Lo was, it's not like D'Lo was inefficient in, in his offense there. 
My, my broader point here is that from a Wolves perspective, I think LaMelo is proving to be what the Wolves hoped D'Lo would be this year. You know, assuming the Wolves thought that they were getting peak Brooklyn D'Lo when they acquired him. Now, to be fair, LaMelo playing at this level already is exceeding anyone's expectations for him. You know, a, a team could have had LaMelo above Ant on their board and still not been expecting, you know, this type of production from LaMelo. So that's not the problem. The problem is, from a Wolves perspective, that if they had LaMelo higher than Ant, but passed on him because they already had D'Lo, that's the problem. And if that's the case, this compounds how much the Wiggins for D'Lo swap is hurting. It's already hurtful to not have the 2021 pick, you know, as that is gone as penance for acquiring D'Lo. But it becomes even worse if D'Lo's presence blocked even the possibility of Melo being drafted in the 2020 draft. I just feel like this team needs a player right now that's playing, or this season, they needed a player that's playing like peak D'Lo. If they had that, this season would be moving, you know, to a very different direction. And and that's because that player, that type of player, exceeds the value of those counting stats. And that's because that type of player, the player that LaMelo has been, the player that D'Lo was in Brooklyn, that player elevates his teammates. I asked Chris Finch a little bit about LaMelo uh, before tonight's game. Coach, I think a lot of people know that LaMelo Ball is a very good passer. What else have you seen from his game um, that's contributing to winning outside of the passing? Well, you know, I think one of the greatest things about his game is that it's contagious. You know, it seems to spread amongst his teammates. Like, they're first in this league in assist, assist rate, I believe. And that's not just one person. But once one person starts passing the way he does, it becomes contagious. Um and also, you know, his shots improving from, you can see it improving through the season. He's got a little bit deeper range. In fact, he may be a better shooter from deep. Um, and his confidence, he's never struggled with confidence. But now that he's figured some things out and they're playing pretty, you know, pretty well as a result, then, um, you know, just kind of gone from strength to strength. Yeah, I just think that contagious feeling is what the Timberwolves are lacking right now. I mean, for the positive that positives that Ant does bring, um, you know, that's just currently not one of them. Ant's value thus far for the Wolves has been more of an innings eater, which, you know, over the course of a 48-minute game, you kind of need that. You need the guy who's able to get up shots for you, even if it costs some efficiency. Ant provides that. But contagious energy with the ball would go further. And... As that connects to LaMelo, you know, LaMelo's shooting would also go far. He's proven to be a very strong shooter. Again, seven threes per game since he became a starter, making 45% of them. On this shooting poor Timberwolves team, I mean, that would go a long way. The question I think a lot of people bring up to me, or just in general with LaMelo, as it connects to Minnesota, is whether or not he would be doing this if he were on the Wolves. Which is, I guess, just another way of saying, you know, would he be held back by this Wolves environment? And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But the way I look at it is inside out. You know, do we think Ant is being held back right now? And some of you might think so. 
I, I personally, I, I don't think he is being held back. I mean, I, I do acknowledge and a concern I have is that the losing culture is having a negative impact on Ant, but I kind of think about that negative impact as more of a big picture future thing. I, I kind of think what Ant has been in Minnesota, you know, is who he would have been on most teams, right? And similarly, I think Lamelo would probably be pretty close to what he has been in Charlotte if he were, you know, given the same bandwidth on a different team. I think if he were in Minnesota that he, again, I just think if Lomelo was in Minnesota, he would be what the Wolves hoped D'Lo would be. And obviously this is, of course, all a moot point. Like the Wolves have Ant and the Hornets have Lomelo. And I, you know, those two are obviously going to be tied together forever. But I just wanted to take stock of this here as they played each other in the last game of the first half of the season and just kind of, you know, where we're at, right? Like the narrative right now, and I think it's probably fair, is it's it's feeling a lot like Luka Doncic, Trey Young. But the difference is there's still a lot left to be written. You know, I'm, you know, that isn't conclusive. We don't know that LaMelo is going to be Luka and Trey is going to be Ant in that comparison. Is the more likely case that Ant, I mean, right now if we're placing a bet, is the more likely case that Ant ends up being 80% of LaMelo in the same way that Trey kind of feels like 80% of Luca, I mean, yeah, probably. But at the same time, that comparison breaks down too. Like, and it breaks down given Ant's physical gifts. I, I think a big reason why we feel the Luca trey thing is more conclusive in the gap between them is because Trey will never, never be able to catch up to Luca in the physicality department. Luca is just more physically imposing than Trey and always will be. That is also true with Ant Lamello, but backwards in Ant's favor. And I think I think that's the reason for hope. I think that's what we dwell on here. For me personally, you know, as I'm thinking about Lamello, I'm I'm not really focusing on the Ant part of it because because that's done and there's nothing to, you know, there's nothing to rip Ant for here, really. What what I'm more caught up on is the idea of what LaMelo can be compared to what D'Lo can be. If there's a problem here, it's that. That's all I got for tonight. Um, we've made it to the halfway point of the season. A much needed break for our Timberwolves. Um, obviously, I won't have as many pods for you over the course of the next week with there not being as many games. But I do plan on having a few with guests. Um, I would like to just, this is, you know, we're 36 games in halfway through the season. I'd like to kind of do this, what I kind of just did with Ant, uh, player by player on the roster, just kind of take stock of where everyone is, you know, 36 games into this 72-game season. And it's also time that we start thinking about the trade deadline, right? I think we can, I think we can start, you know, prepping that a little bit. What, you know, what might the Wolves be looking at? What might they be looking to get rid of? I also think personally, I'm going to start watching some of these uh, top draft prospects. So I'd like to get into that a little bit here too. I don't know if that'll all be in the next week, but in the next couple of weeks, right? We gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta find different things to talk about with this Wolves team. But I think all three of those topics will be, um, you know, really relevant and and interesting to dig into. Additionally, one other note, just kind of 
I guess this is where you say programming note. Um, I'm going to start doing weekly live streams on the locker room app. I don't know, maybe seeing some other people uh, that you follow or whatever who are who are doing that. Uh, that's going to be, I think, a good opportunity just to maybe interact um, with some of you more. They're, they're kind of live streams where uh, the listeners are the audience and can actually ask questions. So I think that'll be a good thing to do for, you know, just Q&As. Again, if we're talking about the trade deadline, it's more of a, you know, a place to just shoot different ideas around. So that's going to that's going to be a weekly part of my content plan. Some just kind of free-flowing conversations with you listeners. So just know that that's coming. I'll uh yeah, again, I'll I'll let you know on here when those will be. Hopefully we'll get to get to some set times. Um but also, obviously, just following me on Twitter is the best way to kind of pay attention to all that stuff, too. I also plan on taking a little bit of a break, and I hope you all do, too. We need to give, uh, need to give these wolves a little bit of time to dry out. Uh, I'm not, you know, <laughs> the second half of the season is going to come. There's still 36 more games. I'm not sure what exactly that's all going to look like, but I would like to think that it can't be worse than the first half. Either way, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to keep talking through it. I will talk to you in the next few days with a guest. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah.